0: Good evening, and welcome to the first edition of Process, Preparation, and Performance. I'm Bill. I'm here with JR. We're going to talk to you about these three things today and kind of dive into the why of this podcast, how often we're planning on releasing something, who our guests might be, and then we're going to get into a little bit of content today about something that we call the program. JR, how you doing? <laughs> great other than you can't leave the house but other than that I'm doing good <laughs> well that kind of takes us to the that kind of takes us to the why of the podcast right so yeah exactly we got covid 19 going on everybody's stuck in their house nobody can gather with 10 or more everybody's activities have kind of been stopped so we thought we'd put together a podcast. You know, so this is our first time. I've I've never done a podcast, Jar. I think you dabbled in it a little bit, but uh, how often do you think we should release one of these, Jar?
1: I think our plan here is we're going to try to do at least one a week, and so we're going to try to get these out to everybody on Tuesdays, if possible. Uh, depending on the popularity of it and uh, the number of guests we get, we can obviously do more. Uh, you know, if it takes off a little bit, and uh, hopefully it will. But uh, yeah, once a week.
0: Will definitely be good to start. Yeah, I think that's a good timeline. You know, kind of picking this podcast title, Process, Preparation, and Performance, or what we call P3. And I know you mentioned guests, and we want guests, and we're going to have guests that are going to talk about all of those things, but we'll also get into the X's and O's of it. And, you know, when it comes to guests, we want football coaches. We definitely want some baseball coaches, we want some volleyball coaches, some basketball coaches, track coaches, because at the end of the day, a coach is a coach and we can all learn from somebody. You know, we also thought it'd be a good idea to get some conversations with some of your support staff. You know, one of the coaches we've talked to before, he has an entire moms group. You know, we'd like to talk to him about that and maybe talk to some of that, those moms out there and what they're doing. Are you helping with uniforms? Are you helping stripe helmets? Are you just helping with meals? What all are they doing and how can that really benefit your program? Maybe you have people that put your meals together. Maybe you have people that get your uniforms ready. Maybe you have people that help you stripe the field. Whatever that may be, let's find out what it is. Let's maybe give you the knowledge and you guys can give us some of your feedback as to what you have and we can help everybody improve. In addition to that, we're going to try and get some business owners. The guys that own the grocery stores, obviously right now, you know, those guys are slammed with business. But I know one of the things that we've done in the past is we've had a big – our grocery stores have had a a huge Gatorade sale. And we would stock up with truckload beds of those things and find out if they're going to be able to do that this year. Find out, you know, are the car wash guys going to be helped out? Are the restaurant guys going to be helped out? How can we help them during this time so that we can – really take our football teams and provide back to the community that, that has helped us. And then, junior we're going to talk a little bit with some content about what we call the program. You know, that's it has been several years in the making, several years. You're like an Excel genius. You know, you can write code for anything. So give us a background. Give us a little idea about what the program really is. So, what the program
1: was it was this kind of a a thought process that maybe a computer can predict. You know what a team is going to do better than uh, you know a human can. The basic principle of it was kind of give us run pass uh, with a little more accuracy than than us just kind of guessing and doing it by feel and whatnot. And so, <clears throat> for those that don't know, I mean, Bill was DC where we were before, and I was up there on the computer and. Between the two of us, we, we tried to th- just basically figure out what would be the variables we needed, uh, for a computer to tell us what it thought was going to happen, uh, in game during a live contest and whatnot. And so, you know, it, it works. I mean, there's no denying it. The thing got to about 80, a little bit more than 80%, uh, correct by the time we were done. You know, it's, uh, still working on refining it a little bit, but it took about three years to, to get this thing to do what it
0: was supposed to do, but it's good for sure. Oh, 100%. So let's give a little background here. That started as the defensive side of the ball and how we can determine kind of what's coming. So we know in the industry, there's a lot of video management software programs. There's a lot of data that you can print out. And sometimes you can you could really kind of get what they call paralysis by analysis. I know when I had my defensive sheet, I would have so much stuff on there that the vast majority of the time, you know, I'm not even looking at it. So what you and I kind of boiled it down to was, are they going to run or pass? And is it going wide or short? And by Correct. taking this program, by taking this program, we were able to really give our kids a huge advantage. I remember you telling me that you actually tried the program out on a college football game. Yeah, so what I ended
1: up doing, I had to trial run this thing on something. And so I started doing it on college football games just to see how good it would be. And it started out at about the uh, 45 to 50% correct range, which isn't great. Uh, but then I started adding a couple things to it, such as wherever they add on the field, which a lot of people know by field zones. And then started adding hash to it and some other predictors such as what was the score? You know, was it plus six, minus six, plus 13, minus 13? Uh, and it got even as, as crazy as me going so far as to, you know, which way is the wind blowing, you know, with some of this stuff by the end (laughs) of it. But, uh, what ended up happening is over time, I realized you have to, you have to weight the categories to what's going to be more important for, that game and you get that through the you know the past games that you got if you got two or three films on them and the data you're getting says it's a little more easy to figure out what they're doing by down then you just weight that category a little bit more so once it started getting in the 60s 70s and 80s it looked like something was going to be viable here to where we could use it and then it was trying to determine is it going to be useful in high school which obviously uh the first few times we did it we didn't we didn't use it as much, but when it started to, to really say, well, you know, this thing's right, then you just had to trust it, you know, and so we kind of went through the, would it even work and how good would it be and all that process, but after a few years, we definitely got it figured out.
0: It definitely works. Oh, it absolutely works. You know, one of the things that we would do is collect games and games and games of historical data on a team. On an offense that we are breaking down, what gap are they running to? When are they running there? What down? What distance? What field zone? Is it their bench? Is it our bench? What is it? Does historical data really matter though? As far as the
1: historical data, you know, what I was doing with it was it seems the cutoff point between what went on in the past and then what's going on in your game is roughly about 15 plays. So for the first fifteen plays it would rely on all that historical data to to try to you know, basically tell us what we thought was gonna happen. But then after fifteen plays, I would have it discount that data and then just tell us what we we're you know, they were doing in that game. But if a situation came up, say it was a first and five or something, uh that a team had and they hadn't had it in the game, you know, where they were playing us, then it'd go back on a historical data and say, Hey, the last time they had this or you know, last 10 times they had this, this is what they did. You know, so it, uh, it took a while to get it to be able to do stuff like that. And all the stuff I wrote into Excel, like it's not, uh, some user interface or, you know, JavaScript or anything that I know how to write is just trying to figure out how to do it in Excel and then putting it out in a way that I could interpret it quick enough. It's quite the lengthy workbook, definitely pulling from a lot of different resources, but, the more data you got on somebody, you know, the more accurate this thing is. And then it kind of shows you the tendencies over time and how they're changing, you know, during your game. And it's really just limited by how fast can you type and how much information can you put in sure. there? Because you only got right. about a... So what...
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, let's talk about that process for a second, right? So we would go, we would break down all the... Scout data, right? I Correct. would have something through the software we were using, you were putting it into your Excel program. We would take that process, we would look at some historical things, but you know as well as I do that we were we were pretty successful, you know, when this thing first came out. We we were at a school coaching together and we were you know, we were doing really, really well. And we'd get there on Friday night. And it seemed like everybody was trying something new that maybe we hadn't seen, right? So Correct. then we're we're talking about our performance. And what I found from working with this program that you know you you're typing in so fast and and creating is that we are able to have a higher level of performance with our kids. Because we simply broke it down into a couple of categories as we were going. You know, most teams are going to script their first 6, 10, 12, 15, whatever it may be, depending on what level you're at, right? So we would take all of our preparation for what they're going to come back to. We would use all of the stuff that you put in there. And then we were able to turn that into a high level success rate and performance for our kids and our players because at the end of the day, whether somebody was trying something new on us or whether they were doing what they were comfortable with, it was still the same person calling the game. It was still the same person with their tendencies. And I really think that's where your, your program broke it down. It was us being able to tell the kids, listen, man run past field or boundary and put them in a spot that they were going to be successful So tell us what the process looks like from we get into the game, they start coming out. What is it that you have to do up there in the press box?
1: The simplest explanation of it to where you start with is just down distance yard hash. You know, you got to be able to enter that stuff into this thing pretty quick. And then really any data on top of that's just bonus because it'll pull all those, you know, all those parameters and say, okay, well, today... Down is more important. And so as a result, this is what he's doing. You know, this is what he's calling. Uh, If you can get other stuff in there, if you can get field boundary, wide, short, whatever you want to call it, uh, formation, it all helps because then it will sort all that data on top of it too. But I think you hit on the right thing there as far as once the kids kind of trusted that this would work as well and that we kind of had something that nobody else did then whatever you were calling, they knew there was a reason for it. You know, not everybody kind of understood the reason right, for right. it sometimes, but we knew what the reason was. And it's like, well, it's saying this and they're going to do this. And so then we're setting everything to that. But, you know, you can make it as as complicated or as simple as you want, but just being able to do what I was able to do with, with just kind of some of these stock columns, just the down distance, the yard, the hash, uh, I could make more things off of that because then based on the yard line, I could set something up for it and say, well, it's now in this field zone or based on the hash. Well, now it's right. away from their bench or to their bench, which I didn't have to enter any of that in. I was just using some formulas to where just say, okay, well, this is where they're at. So as a result, you're kind of doubling your data even though you're not entering, you know, any more information into it. But, uh, it's kind of fun, that it worked, you know, it there for a while. I wasn't too sure if it would be be useful or not, but we definitely got the right parameters in there to where when um, the AAF was playing last spring, it, uh, the team that Singletary was coaching, I ran it on all those teams, and it had him up to about 92% by the end of the, when they <laughs> shut the thing down. The one that was the hardest to predict was Spurrier, uh, just because he does some unconventional things, but I remember there was a game there towards the end of the spring, and you know, they had uh they were inside their ten yard line coming out and it said pass three straight times, which if you know Spurrier over the years, that's what he's gonna do. And it's exactly mm-hmm. what he did. But uh,
0: you know, somebody's just watching why isn't he running the ball? Well, he's he's a little different dude. So, you know, two football nerd geeks like us we're sitting watching a game and a lot of people have pen and paper and they're jotting stuff down and checking out (laughs) formations and and you've got your computer out and you're like, well, let me see what you're going to do next.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's once you got it,
0: it, it's too easy not to mess with it and just go, yeah, I kind of know what you're going to do before you're going to do it. I love the fact that at halftime we would come in and you know, you're walking out of the box, coming down to the locker room and you're like, Hey man, here's the report. On first down, they're to the field 78% of the time. Second down, it's boundary. You know, third down is this, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? First down, they've been 92% run to the field. You know, because what that does for me, if I'm calling it defensively or for any coach, I can feel comfortable now putting a sub in who's not my first string kid. I can feel comfortable putting him in because, like you said, I can. I can put that kid opposite of where the ball is going, but still get him reps. I can put him where the ball is going to. Maybe I stunt him into the play, blitz him into the play, move the front. And all of a sudden, that kid is building more confidence because we have an idea where the ball is going, what's going to happen. And I can sub in and out freely and not have to worry about too much. You still have some worry, but I don't have to worry too much about. Is this kid scared? Is the ball going to find him? What's going to happen? Right. And I really think, I really think that is the variable that you can't, you can't put a price tag on. Right? You can't say what's the value of this because you do that in week one, week two, week three. By week six, the kid who was maybe on a scale of one to ten, maybe he was a five. He's now a seven. Okay, let's dive into one more thing about it. Let's talk a little bit about what we're going to come out with, and it's something ingenious that I think you came up with. I don't want you to give away the whole farm here, but give us an idea of what is the R code. So the R code
1: was – I was reading an article one time on a guy who did film breakdown for Belichick with the Patriots, and he's talking about the level of detail that they go to and – why is this receiver six inches inside of where he just was? And it kind of got me to thinking, well, number one, what exactly are they doing? And then number two, did it really matter? And so the R code is just an abbreviation for what I called the receiver code. And once Mm -hmm. again, I just wrote it into Excel. But what I ended up doing was I took the field horizontally and divided it by sections uh, to where if a receiver is in a certain place on that field, I would assign them a letter. And so if you had three receivers, you know, you'd have obviously three different letters, which designated where they were at on the field. And then I started trying to figure out exactly if they're in these certain areas, are they running? Are they passing? And try to add that into the program to help it uh, kind of predict what was going on. But, uh, it's kind of like you said, you got to be able to type fast if you're going to add all this information. So the R code, it it can help the program, but it can also stand alone as itself to where, you know, if you figure out exactly where receivers are placed and if the dude's standing to the left of the ball and he's standing exactly on the hash, this is what is going to happen. Then obviously it gives you even, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even more of a, a predictive value there to where you say, Hey, by the way, they're about ready to throw it. You know, so it's, uh, it that took a while to figure that thing out. And then obviously to process the data because, uh, talking about all these different film breakdown things and most high schools have, have got one thing, they know what it is that they load all their film to. And that thing cannot sort that data the way that the way I needed it right. to do it. So it, uh, it was a matter of me figuring out how to make, you know, Excel tell me what I wanted it to tell me, based on where these dudes were were all lining up. But uh, the R code's an interesting thing. It takes a while to to put all the stuff in there. But uh, like you were just saying, we, I kind of look at everything different now. Everything's numbers and letters to me. When somebody comes out in a in an offensive formation, it's not two right, two left trips. What no, it's A B C H. You know, and the backfields, right, right. the numbers, and it's just different. Right. But the R code was really good. You know, it uh, it definitely probably helped us
0: over the years uh, with some things for sure. Oh, 100%. I mean, if we go back to just the title of this podcast, right, Process, Preparation, Performance, the process by which we would scout and break something down as simple as the R code, Turned into how our kids prepared because like you said, the the other team might come out in, you know, what you might call trips right, tray right, two by one, two by two, whatever that may be, right? And our kids would look at it and go, Hey coach, this week if number two is standing on the hash, what percent run is that? And we might be able to say, you know what, this week if he's on the hash, it's a hundred percent run. That Correct. turns into a higher that's a higher level performance. Correct. That takes everything that this podcast is about and just wraps it into a nice little package because we're able to put somebody in a position that they are way more successful than they would normally be. So we'll dive into it really deep next time. You think we'll be able to get it out in a week next Tuesday? What do you think?
1: Yeah, probably somewhere around in there, uh, depending on you know how much quarantine we got going on here but uh you know probably within a week uh if anybody's got any ideas on what to do you know other than uh listening to the two of us go on about what we've done uh shoot us an email we can just get somebody on the phone be real easy to do that we can record it as we're talking to them and whatnot and then uh we'll just kind of take
0: it from there and hopefully people are interested in it yeah that's breakdownsportsllc at gmail.com you know the podcast will get better guys we'll keep it rolling we appreciate you listening tonight and uh shoot us an email if there's anything specifically you want to hear about but thanks a lot jr good job and uh thanks for listening
1: see y'all later